So excited to be here with you today, this Resurrection Sunday, where we're celebrating Jesus risen from the grave and celebrating the fact that he's doing that today. Amen. So just glad to be with you today. I'm going to read a portion of scripture today as we dive into the word. But before we do that, I'd like to welcome you at this time to just, uh, uh, just, just go to the word there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you have your scriptures with you, I'm going to give you a time to pull it up if you're if you got your Bible with you or your smartphone or something like that and you want to pull up that scripture, it's 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's on the screen as well. I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray. Scriptures read this way. Now I would remind you, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received in which you stand and by which you are being saved. I want you to notice you're being saved. Saved isn't something that just happened once. You're being saved. It's a process. Can I get a witness? Amen. Right? And my wife says, amen. My husband is being saved. It's a process. right? <laughs> it's all a process. So have mercy on me, Joel. I see that look. Okay, have mercy. Okay. It is a process. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you as the first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Meaning that the believer, when he dies, he's not dead, right? He's with God. Some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, some translations would say, as to one born abnormally, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles. This is Paul speaking. He says, look, uh, you look at the apostles, I'm the last one. I am the least worthy of receiving God's grace. Because, for what reason? I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I want you to say that with me. By the grace of God, I am what I am. How many are thankful for the grace of God today? And His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they who preach, so we preach, and so you believe. Now pray with me. Father, we need to receive your word today. We need hearts that are like good soil that could receive the impartation of your word. Father, we pray for your anointing over everything that will be said and done. We pray, God, that you would bring resurrection power here right now to save, to deliver, to give hope, to give a future, to restore, and to heal. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So today as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we call it Resurrection Sunday and Easter But we like to say resurrection a lot because we like to keep front and center what Easter is really all about. This Sunday, we predominantly and primarily celebrate that Jesus rose from the grave. But in that, we also celebrate that Jesus is raising people to new life in him. Paul, as he was sharing this truth with the Corinthian church, he shared certain truths that he wanted them to hold on to that I think you and I need to hold on to. Number one, Paul said, we need to hold on to this truth. The gospel is this. Jesus died for our sins, he was put in a grave, but he rose from that grave in resurrection power. 
He said, that's the gospel you need to hold on to because that's the gospel that saved you, that's the gospel that's saving you, and that's the gospel that will save you, right? And then after he shared the truth of the gospel, he talked about the evidence that was seen at the time when Jesus rose from the grave. And there's a great movie I'd like to recommend for you to go out and watch, The Case for Christ. Just came out. It's in the movie theaters. And it talks about a man who was on a search for Jesus, right? A search for truth. And Jesus encountered him. But there was evidence that the gospel tells us of Jesus' resurrection. The disciples hung out with Jesus after his resurrection, right? There were 500 people, 500 other that witnessed him. Thomas was one of the disciples. Some of us would probably relate to most. My brother Chico said, you know, as we go through the studies, he said, you know what, I'm kind of like Thomas. Some things I just, I'm kind of critical over. And we all find ourselves in that position sometimes, don't we? Amen? And so Thomas said, unless I see with my eyes and touch with my hands, I will not believe. And Jesus shows up and says, hey, Thomas. Right? Can you imagine Thomas's face at that moment? He says, why don't, you, why don't you touch my hands? Why don't you touch my side? There was evidence of the risen Savior. So Paul, number one, talked about the truth of the gospel. Secondly, he talked about the evidences of the gospel. And then he talked about his testimony, his experience with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, in me, I mean, look at me. The fact that I'm preaching the gospel should convince you. Just the very fact that I'm sharing the good news with you should convince you. You know, there are people that when they come to faith in Christ, it's like, ton of people come to faith in Christ with them because sometimes they just come to church to find out if it's for real. They're like, what? Tim is saved? I got to go check that out. <laughs> I don't know, right? right? You said Marty got saved. No, I got to go. I got to call 13 ABC, <laughs> right? I mean, God is just showing up and it's just amazing, right? And Paul is saying that. It's like, look at me. And I want you to think about Paul. The Bible says that Paul would go from city to city, from region to region, he was breathing murderous thoughts over the church. In other words, his purpose for life was to murder the church, to persecute the church. This is where Jesus found him. This is how Jesus found him. He was so wicked. He was so consumed, right, thinking that he was so righteous about this, that when Stephen, the first martyr of the church, when he was, when he was killed, they, people laid their garments at Paul's feet as if to say Paul approved of their murderous ways. Isn't that incredible? And to think Stephen right there said, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. And he interceded for Paul right there at that moment. Paul did give his life to God. God used a man named Ananias and said to Ananias, I want you to go to a street called Straight, and I want you to inquire of a man named Paul. And Ananias said, Lord, um, I know you're God and everything, but um, like Saul hates the church. I, I know you're aware of it and all, but you sure you want me to pray for him? Yeah, I know. I know you think, you know, we all know people. We wonder, Lord, do you really want to save that individual? Right? Some of you were that individual. Can I get a witness? Right. And sure enough, Saul comes to faith in Christ. He's called Paul, and he becomes a witness to the Gentiles, and he has a testimony of the resurrected Savior raising his life. And that's why we're here today. Because there are people here in this place, there are people throughout the generation after generation after generation that have encountered a risen Savior who has given them a new life, who has given them a new hope, who has given them a new beginning. It's not something that just happened yesterday. It's something that's happening right now. You see, if the gospel didn't have resurrection power, then it's just any old story like Romeo and Juliet incapable of giving life. 
if it just, if there was no resurrection power, then Jesus would just be an incredible global figure like Muhammad or Gandhi who was able to influence regions and people culturally. But he's greater than that because he rose from the grave. Because he rose from the grave, today we stand to say that he changes lives. But we don't want to say it. We want to share it. We want you to experience it. We want you to know it. So today, instead of preaching about resurrection power, what I wanted to do today is have a time where we celebrate how the resurrection power of Jesus Christ has changed the lives of our brothers and sisters in Christ. So at this time, would you welcome with me, with the praise of the Lord, Brother Brian, Anna, and Larry. They come up at this time. They're going to seat right here. Just stand here. I said today, you know, what's the point of preaching about the resurrection power? There's obviously a good point in that. But let's not only preach the resurrection power, let's talk about how God's changing lives. Amen? And so I wanted to welcome my brothers and sisters to share with us some of the things that God's done in their lives. So, again, this is Brian Kyle. Everybody give him a hand. <laughs> Brian is a, is a dear brother. We just, we just love him. We love uh, the energy that he brings to the church body, the love that he brings to the church body, and just the faithfulness. And we're just so thankful for him. Brian, thank you for being with us today. Thank you. So today, uh, what, I, what I wanted to do is I talked to these individuals is to say, hey, share with us a little bit about how God has brought life to you. And so, Brian, let me ask you this question. As we slow down here a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your life before coming to faith in Christ. Um, it was hard. <laughs> it was really hard. Can anybody relate to that? <laughs> People can relate. Yeah, amen. Um, yes, it was hard. Uh, just grew up in a, I, I call it the big beat down, mm. you know, just the big beat down. It was a constant beat down. There wasn't, uh, you know, any joy. Um, grew up in the south end of Toledo, Catholic family. Uh, mom played the organ in church at St. James, and uh, but there wasn't anything, you know, Christian going on in my home. And, uh, you know, there was physical abuse, sexual abuse, and I think one of the hardest things for me was, uh, um, you know, having some kind of learning disability that, uh, you know, just really wasn't diagnosed, you know, way back in the day and uh, being relentlessly teased, relentlessly teased. And, and so, you know, as, as life progressed, I got mean. And uh, there was no happiness, again, no joy. Um, I raged on the inside. Uh, at 11, um, I, I started uh, to, you know, uh, experiment with alcohol. 12, 13, it was marijuana. Um, 13, 14, I started stealing medicine, uh, volume and, and stuff like that. And and uh, just really, uh, by the time I was 16, just a, a complete, full-blown, you know, addict, wow. anesthetizing, you know, just escaping, running, and uh, mm. trying not to think about, you know, life. Life, yeah. T tell me then, at that moment, as you were going in that <clears throat> process on that journey towards death, really, tell me how you came to faith in Christ. Yeah, you know, so being Catholic, um, man, I cried out to God all the time, you know. Just uh, believed in him, wanted to believe in him, hmm. really, you know, needed him. And uh, knew, you know, I had some, 
I had some discernment into what a crazy little boy I was. And, uh, and so I remember, um, you know, sitting in a home in a bedroom upstairs at right around 16 and uh, literally, you know, just crying out to the Lord and saying, you know, I need some help, man. I really need some help. And, uh, and at that time, experiencing, man, something, uh, well, I'm here today. I'm 57 years old, so what happened on that day has has sustained me. Uh, mm. I got filled that day. The Lord came into my heart and into my life in such a way, and, and it was a small home, and I began to weep, and that was unacceptable, and so I pressed my face into a pillow, and I cried my eyes out. I just wept and wept and wept, and, uh, you know, and I heard just a still small voice saying, I love you. I love you. And, uh, and in that, um, I began to, um, which is kind of hilarious because it's totally me, over and over and over again with my face pressed in this pillow saying, you love me. Hmm. You love me. I know that you love me. Something loves me to that point. Hmm. Uh, not an ounce of love, man had a baseball coach that I could brag about who came as close to close, you know, could be to showing me, you know, a little bit of love. But um, so that that's it. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God for that encounter. Amen. Or God, even though you didn't know where to find him. That's the story of the gospel. We don't know where to look for God. God shows up. Amen. 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 Good news. Praise God. So, Brian, I take it that after 16, then from that moment on, life was just totally perfect. Uh, it, it, it was. Just unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the transformation was unbelievable. <laughs> Nobody knew it, though. <laughs> I, um, no. Um, I have, uh, I'm broken. I'm, I'm, uh, I am still today, you know, broken. But, uh, man, I got a hope. Mm-hmm. I got a love. I got, you know, I, I got, you know, just a faith. I'm happy. Mm. I am happy in the Lord. And my life, uh, you know, has been up and down. I've had really good periods of serving the Lord. Been married twice, divorced, seven kids. Uh, you know, my kids have seen me in church and then seen me in the bottom of bottoms and have been rejected, you know, uh, uh, just for periods by really all my kids. But, you know, the Lord has never, ever, you know, done this to me. Mm. He's He's never showed me his back. Mm. He's always, you know, said, come on, man, you're not giving up. I know you're down. Hallelujah. I know what's up. I know what you've done. I don't care. Just come on. Just come on. Just keep on yes. coming on. You know, my boys are 30, 29, 28, 27 now, and, and uh, you know, they love me today. Mm-hmm. I don't have a relationship with my three girls, and I'm praying for that, you know, mm-hmm. just hoping in the Lord. And, and I have a hope. I yes. can, you know, I might wake up with a broken heart, but, but I, you know, cry out to the Lord daily, daily, yeah. and say, help me out, man. And he's like, I got you. I got you. Yeah. So... Yes. So your story is the story of God being faithful, and even when you wanted to run away from God, you just ended up running into him. Yeah, and I've run and run and run. You know, I've, uh, yeah. 
and and he is just like a, he just pursues and whispers and you know and coaxes and says, "Hey, come on!" and and nobody's better at beating me up than me. Oh, I can do a good job at that. And the Lord is just always, you know, soft in my ear saying, come on, man. You know, and, and to the point, you know, where now, you know, just prophesying, you know. Amen. No weapon formed against me can prosper. Come on, that's right. But every tongue that whispers in my ear will be stilled in the name of Jesus. Amen. Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. Amen. Huh? That's a good word. Amen. Amen. Brother Brian, you know, there are people that may find themselves in, their, in, in, in a place of despair or, or hopelessness or feeling like, what's the point of fighting right now? But today you're standing here telling us, you know, it's worth it to hold on to the hope that's mm. holding on to us. Yes. Would you pray that Jesus would meet, uh, meet us right at that place of despair and hopelessness and mm. Uh, that, that we would just awaken to the love of God like you did. Mm, yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So appreciate you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So adore you. Yes, Lord. I'm, I'm just reminded right now of Isaiah uh, chapter mm. 1 and verse 18 where the Spirit says, Come now mm. and let us reason together, says mm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. For though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be made as white as snow Hmm. and though they are as red as crimson they shall be as wool Hmm. and if you're willing and obedient Hmm. you will eat the best of the land Hmm. and lord today i believe that that obedience is a simple yes Yes. today that we say yes to you father god And I thank you, Father, for every person in this place, every child, every man, every woman, Heavenly Father God, in the name of Jesus, I say thank you. Because I know, Heavenly Father God, that you're no respecter of persons and that you love each of these, Father God, as you have loved me. And that you will pursue each of these and have pursued them as you've pursued me. And that you would never turn your back on anyone in this place. And that even today, Father God, there's a smile on your face. Your hands are extended. And you're saying, come. Come. Let us reason together. I'm going to clean you. And I'm with you. And I'm for you. you. Father, I say thank you. Can't really thank you enough. Can't jump up and down enough. Can't holler enough, Heavenly Father God. I thank you and love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you so much. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. He's there. Amen. Would you welcome with me Sister Anna? She's going to come up and share with us in testimony. Amen. Sister Anna. Thank you so much for sharing uh, the testimony, the things God has done in your life today. Would you, w- let's begin with you sharing with us a little bit about how you came to faith in, in Christ. Yeah. So I didn't really grow up in church, but um, I grew up Christian. I had actually my grandma and my dad, they're both here. They both really um, just taught me things about the Lord, and my dad really established a prayer life in me. So I always had communication with God, and I always... Um, believed that he was who he said he was and that Jesus 
was who he said he was. And, but I never really understood what that meant for my life. So I never doubted it, but it, it, it never lived through me. So I, I carried this, um, you know, relationship, what it was, into my teenage years, mm. also known as the rebellion. <laughs> but um, so in the midst of, you know, a lot of bad choices, um, I, I had these deep convictions because I knew that the things I was doing were honoring to my parents, my family, and to God. And I really felt like a wolf in sheep's clothing. I felt like I had, I had a lot of people fooled, and there are a lot of people that just, you know, knew how I was living, and I knew the Lord knew. And I knew that there was more for me. And I knew that one day I was going to be in that place where I lived a life that honored him. And, mm-hmm. I, and I knew that there was so much more for me and that my life would be, you know, completely his one day. But it wasn't then because I just didn't know how. And I, just, I, wasn't, I wasn't ready. I, I didn't know how to get there. Mm. So. Wow. So what began to happen in order to lead you to the Lord? Okay, well, at 17, I got pregnant with my first son, and I was in a really unhealthy relationship uh, with, with his dad. And um, I just, you know, I just made some really bad decisions. But for the most part, they were justified in my mind because I thought I was a good mom, and I paid my bills, and I worked hard. And um, even though we had an unhealthy relationship on again, off again, uh, we ended up having two more kids. So by the time I was 20, we had three kids together brought into just a really – unhealthy relationship and and each each time you know when I had Brian and when I had the twins I I felt you know just a a little more of a push to be um Mm -hmm. to be where God wanted me to be but I still wasn't there yet and um there's something you said that really struck me when we were talking about this You, you said that um something to the extent that all of these experience experiences were awakening your desperation for God. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it just began to grow a hunger in me that to have what I knew from, from a young child, I was meant to have. So, so you know, as, as, I, as I had children, it was like, all right, I, I got to have this. I got to have this. And it just it started to grow in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, finally, after, like, you know, a weekend of bad decisions, I, I just was like, I just want to be a mom, and I just want to be a wife, and God, teach me how to be a daughter. Mm. So I started going to church, and I started seeking righteousness, and I, and I di- you know, I did the, the life group, the mission trip, the, the kids' church. Mm. Um, Lord, I told, I think I told you guys, like, I will do any, I'll scrub the toilets. I don't want to do kids' church, but I did it. I did it. <laughs> so, like, I so appreciate people who can do kids' church. Shout out. So, uh, yeah. And, um, and in this, like, you know, pursuit of my, my own righteousness and, and having these convictions about not being married and, and having children, I, I married my uh, kid's father, even though it wasn't healthy, not really seeking the will of God, but still being ruled by, by my sinful nature, by my own nature. Mm. And that's, that's just where I was at at that point. Um, God used it all, though. I was, be, I was really, really in the word and learning, beginning to learn how to hear him and recognize his voice. Mm. And, uh, yeah. yeah. So, so in that process, you know, you were saved. The Lord was dealing with you, leading you closer to him, but you were still making bad decisions throughout mm. the whole process, right? Yep. Of, of just 
<laughs> a lot of decisions that brought a lot of hurt. Yeah. You talked to me about some encounters, you know, throughout yeah. all that, where, where God just led you to a deeper walk with him. Can you share with us? Yeah, so it, it kind of all started as the season of my life where the Lord just blessed me um, with some relationships that, that were just teaching me what it is to love deeply, to be loved deeply, and, and just beginning to mm -hmm. understand God's deep love. And uh, I actually, my sister Chevy, we were neighbors, and she invited me into some fellowship where I just, I met some people who just loved on me and were just so hungry for the Lord, and that hunger just grew again. And I remember Chevy saying to me, um, so have you ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, the Holy Spirit. So so this began like the Lord revealing to me, okay, so I know God and I know Jesus, but there's this power that live that is going to live through me. And so be just beginning to um, learn that. So in the midst of God bringing me into this fellowship, in the same season, I, I'm here at the rock, and I'm just learning, and I'm growing, and this hunger is growing. And then God begins to expose some things that are happening in my home life that I was completely caught off guard. I was seven months pregnant, and I find out that my husband's using heroin. And, and you know, these things are just happening. Like, you know, I'm working all these hours. I'm pregnant. I'm trying to you know, be a good mom and provide, and my bank account is, everything's disappearing, and, and, and so in God's faithfulness, he shows me what's going on, and I just, and I, I say like, God, you know, I will be the wife that you need me to be, but I need you. You have to, you have to walk with me. I need you to give me the grace, mm -hmm. and for, you know, a period of time, God was leading me to pray over my husband, and, and leading me to um, just really fight for him, and pray for him, mm -hmm. and, and war, war for him, and um, then, you know, after some really just a lot of ups and downs, you know, um, four months of sobriety here and then watching him walk out the door and, you know, five, you know, five weeks, five days of sobriety and having all these hopes and then watching him walk down the alley. And, mm -hmm. uh, there's just some pivotal moments for me that I remember that, that really stick out to me because they, they led me to, to a surrender and, um, mm -hmm. So one day I was in my living room and I was just on on the floor on my face crying because Brian had relapsed and I watched him walk out again. It's okay. Um, and I was just broken on the floor and I'm like, Lord, I need you to send him back through that door. I need you to send him. Hmm. And my prayer changed to God: send someone through that door. I need someone to come through that door. And Chevy showed up. Hmm. And he gave me what I needed. Thank you, Jesus. And not what I th thought I wanted. He gave me what I needed. And he's continued to do that in my life, to give me what I need. And now I trust him in that. Mm -hmm. Lord, what you provide for me is what I need. Amen. And I'm so grateful for that. Amen. <clears throat> There's another moment. So, so after praying um, and watching Brian walk down the alley, dang it, <laughs> for the last time. <laughs> This is real, y'all. So watching him walk down the alley for the last time, I just really felt the Lord speaking to me, like, you're, you're not bound to this anymore. Mm -hmm. And my prayers started to change. And um, so I, I sought some godly counsel, and I did wh what I felt the Lord was leading me to do, and I, I went to file for divorce. And I needed some assistance because I need some assistance and I went to the Toledo Bar Association <laughs> and I, as I got out of my car and I'm walking into the building mm -hmm. 
these two men come up to me and they hand me this little pamphlet and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's this. And they're like, it's your ticket to heaven. And I just hand it back. I said, thank you. I have one. And, and they're yeah. like, but how do you know? <laughs> so I, I stood there and the Lord gave me this opportunity and I didn't even realize what was happening at the time. He gave me this opportunity to stand there and declare who I was, mm-hmm. that I was a daughter and how I know that I belong to his kingdom. And it gave me the confidence and the boldness to move forward knowing that I was walking within the will of God and I was right where he wanted me to be. And I cling to that now when the enemy yes. tries to come in and condemn me for, for being a single mom of four, for, for being divorced. When he tries to tell me you didn't fight hard enough and God did God really say that I cling to that moment that God gave me to declare who I am and um so so after saying this to these guys and they're like looking at each other they weren't expecting that I was like can I pray for you guys and I laid hands on them and we prayed together and I went in just full of joy full of joy in the midst of that and, and there are so many times where I've had joy when it just made no sense to the point where, like, you want to start putting some kind of, like, bad feelings on yourself because you feel like you're expected to, but you just embrace the gift of joy that the Lord gives you in those seasons because, I mean, there's, there's so much freedom and surrender. Yeah. And I said at first service when I started, like, I had to surrender to come up here to give this testimony. I have to surrender time and time and time again. Come on. And, um, Can I get yeah, a witness? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really, really quickly, uh, there's something else, too, here. So here is Anna. She's been involved in the, in the bachelor's program, is it? It was, it was an associate's program. An associate's program. It's still a degree. She's working on, <laughs> as she's get working on getting her degree. But as she's doing that, the Lord gave her an opportunity to be a witness for him. Can you share with us a little bit of that? Uh, yeah, so I, um, I just really busy in clinical, like 40-something hours a week, in class during the week, raising four kids, just so busy. So that's my excuse for why I forgot about this speech I had to write, and it was due the next morning. So I'm tired. It's midnight. Got to be at the hospital. Got to be up at 5 a.m., and I'm like... Holy Spirit, just write me this speech. Like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> just write, you know. Well, the, the speech was about how you've overcome, you know, through throughout this time at school. And, and wow. I was like, you know, this is this needs to be my testimony. God, would you just write it for me? And, and the first thing that came to mind was just really a reflection of what was going on in the season of my life. And I just typed, praise God in the storm or drown in the waves. And everything else just flowed off the paper. So I go in the next day, give the speech. Can we pause there for Yes. <laughs> praise God in the storm or drown in the wave. Good. So I, um, I give a speech, and some time goes by, and, um, you know, I'm finished with school, and the president contacts me, and he's like, hey, um, so your speech was nominated, and you won, and we're going to fly you to D.C., and you're going you're gonna to give this speech in front of, like, the chair people and the presidents and the deans and, like, just 100 people. It's just a formal gala event, like, yay. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, this is amazing. This is amazing because this was a testimony that gives glory to God. Mm-hmm. And now I have the opportunity to share that with people who may or may not know him, mm-hmm. you know. So, so it was just an awesome opportunity, and um, that's great. Yeah, that's good. And God's use in her, amen, to share. And you know that, amen. Let's give a hand to the Lord. And here's the truth about the gospel: it calls us to yield more and more. It's a, a daily surrender, and as we surrender, we become witnesses for His kingdom. 
And praise God for Anna. She's surrendering, and as she surrenders, she's become a witness for the kingdom of God. Anna, would you pray for us that, you know, some of us are here, and we may be in, like, the middle of some serious crisis. Yeah. And we need, we need God to come through the door of the crisis that we're in. Would you pray that God would meet us there, and as well, would you pray that, that we would yield, that we would learn to surrender to him? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Father, I thank you for each person that fills this room today, yes, God. I thank you that you are in pursuit, like Brian had said, and that your hand has reached out and you're beckoning us further and deeper, God, yes, God. to new depths of your love, God, to yes. new understandings, Father. I pray that now in this place, God, you would create in us a hunger, God. Yes. Grow the hunger that we have, Father. God, I pray that in the midst of crisis, wherever people okay. find themselves now, that they would believe in this moment yes. that, that darkness is not too dark for, for God to come in. Father, I, I pray that they would believe that there is boldness in this room, mm -hmm. that there is confidence for you in this room, mm -hmm. and it is a gift from God, and it is for you, and I pray that you would grasp, grasp that, and you would let that catapult you to your knees, to full surrender, mm -hmm. and if you found yourself yes, surrendering before, I encourage you to do it again, and Amen. again, and again, because yes. the Lord has more for you. He has Thank so you. much more for you. So, God, make us hungry this morning, God. Let us walk out of these doors desiring the more, God, just as you promised, Lord. Your spirit is not, cannot be measured, Lord, so we want more, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, sister. We appreciate you. Amen. Did you guys welcome Larry with me? Amen. Larry. Thank you, brother, for coming up here. Thank you. I said in the first service, I'll say it again, Larry makes everything funky at the rock, right? Being back there at the drums, blessing us with the gift and the worship team. Aren't we, thank, aren't we grateful? Aren't we so glad we have such a great worship team? <laughs> Love the Lord. So Larry, Larry has a rich history of being a part of the rock since way before me. Yeah. But Larry, would you tell us a little bit about, you know, coming to faith in Christ and your story? Yep. So uh, for me, it started, I was about you know, seven or eight years old. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up, my mom had a real bad crack problem. So she would be gone for days at a time, you know, and I was a kid. So things I would do is I would go and uh, steal Wick. I don't know if anybody remembers Wick. They would drop off stuff at your doorstep. I would go and steal that from people so I could eat, right? So uh, I remember out on uh, Solid Rock back in the South End, it was on Broadway. They had a sign up that said free food. You know, they were doing a Wednesday night service. So I went in there for free food. And uh, Brother George Trenelst, Chernowski is the pastor of Spirit and Truth, but, uh, you know, I remember I'm there, I'm getting my food, and he comes up to me, and he's like, Jesus loves you, and, you know, I was just this kid who, I didn't have hope, I didn't have anything, you know, my mom would leave me for days, so uh, in that moment, you know, it was the first time that anybody even took the time to acknowledge me, uh, so that was a very pivotal moment for me, so, you know, I'd, I'd come back to church, and, you know, I really started falling in love with church, with the church, and you know, uh, you know, I started building relationships with people, and uh, I became dependent on those relationships. You know, as a teenager, uh, you know, I, I looked for people's approval, and I wanted to know that they believed in me and that what I was doing is okay with them, but people are going to let you down time and time again. You know, I, I would place all this faith and all this hope in people, and then I would be broken or let down. And there was a series of events that happened in my life in around 17 years old, and uh, you know, I remember people saying, oh, you're not good enough, Larry. You know, in the church, people would say that. Or, you know, at school, people would remind me my, my brother was, you know, not a real good person. So people would say, you're going to be just like him, you know. And 
you know, so much death was spoken into me at that point, right? So I went from being seven and eight to people speaking life into me. So now I'm in the teenagers, my teenage years, and I was just defeated, you know. So I left the church because, you know, I, that's who I believed in was the church more than I believed in God. So uh, I went mm. out and I started selling dope because, you know, I wanted to have money because I wanted to prove to people that I could be something, you know, that, and that, that's what I knew. Um, so, you know, I, I spent some years, you know, chasing women, chasing drugs, and, and just kind of living the life, you know, that I, I thought was living the life. But in the back of my mind, through all of these instances, I knew it was wrong, right? And uh, I just remember that there was a point in time where I was like, you know, my girlfriend at the time, uh, was Sierra, I was like, she deserves better than this, you know. You know my family deserves better than this. So uh, we started coming back to the church around, I was around 20 years old at the time. And, uh, you know, it, in that moment, God showed me that, you know, I was chasing affection from people because, mm. I, you know, I didn't know what love was. But then I realized all of those little moments, you know, where God showing his love to me. You know, George speaking into my life, was that was God working through him. You know, and it's like you, building relationships is very important, but don't mm. let that be the focal point That's of your right. relationship with God. You know, focus on the cross, focus on Jesus. You know, build your relationships but people are going to let you down and don't let that discourage you. You know, mm. for me, that was, that's kind of my right. journey. So I, I think there's two key points here. The moment where the love of God began to reach him as a small child, right? And build him up. And then the moment where he realized that his focus was on the wrong, the wrong place, right. right? On the church. And can I tell you this? The church will fail you if your focus is on the Amen. church. The pastor will fail you if your focus is on me. You know what I mean? The church is full of a bunch of broken people, Right? And we're all here because we know that we need a Savior. Remember, Jesus said, I came for those who are sick, not for those who are healthy. That means you and I, Jack. Yeah. Right? And so we need to kind of keep that in mind that we are all a work in progress. Amen. Right? And so there's something pivotal, something special that happened is that when you came back, you made a decision, my faith is not going to be in the church. My faith is going to be in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And for me, that... That, I mean, it was, it was a very clear distinction. And, uh, you know, the Lord has had tremendous favor on me, you know. And, yeah. and everything, I, I, I try my best to seek, you know, the Lord and not be focused so much on things or people, but really just seek after what the Lord has for me. And, you know, I, I feel that the favor of the Lord has been poured out upon my life, and I, I thank him for it every day. And, you know, I have a beautiful wife and two amazing children. And, yeah. uh, you know, I went from being this kid who had nothing, you know, no hope, you know, really no future to speak of because that, you know, that's what my family, that's where it was headed. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, the Lord stepped into my life, and it's a moment I'll never forget. Praise God. Larry, would you pray for us just two things? I think that the church needs to do more speaking life. Mm -hmm. A bunch of 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 and 60-year-olds walking around doesn't need somebody to speak life. Yeah. Would you pray that we would be people who speak life so that we would change the trajectory of people's lives through the power of the Holy Spirit? And, um, and would you also pray um, that we would learn to put our faith in Jesus first yep. and learn to do community out of that place? Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for being the sacrifice that you didn't have to be. Hmm. I thank you for taking the time to reach down into my life and speak to me. Yes, God. I pray for courage, Father, to continually step forward and fix my eyes upon you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
You're so good, Papa. Thank you for your favor and your faithfulness over my brother. Thank you for your favor and your faithfulness over all that are here. God, I thank you that you would make us men like Larry for the men that are here, men who commit to you, Jesus. Thank you that you would make us saints or brothers and sisters like Larry, saints that say, I'm going to focus on Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for your grace that George spoke life and began to change and shift things. Would you teach us like Larry to speak life? Hallelujah. We bless you. Would you stand with me today, every one of you? Amen. Appreciate you, brother. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we give them a hand today for... The resurrection is happening right now. It's happening right now. Jesus stand, says, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever opens the door, I will come into their home and I will dine with them. In other words, I will come in and do life with you intimately. You will not be alone. So maybe you're here today and you've heard these testimonies and you're aware that we're not just celebrating Easter yesterday. We're celebrating Easter right now. And you, you want to welcome the risen Savior into your life. It's a very serious question. Right now at this moment, church, I need you to be praying. If you're here today and you're saying, I want to give my life to Christ. You haven't given your life to the Lord. But today you want to give your life to Christ. And you say, I want this resurrected Savior to be a part of my life right now today. I'd like to welcome you right now. Would you be courageous and come up and join me here at the altar? You're here today and you're saying, you know what? I'm tired of living without God, without hope. And today I want to give my life to Christ. I want to experience the love of God just like Brian experienced, a love that would change me from the inside out. I'm tired of doing life alone. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? Just at this given moment right now, just be bold and be courageous and respond to him. Amen, brother. Hallelujah. Would you right now respond? Amen. Amen. Just right now. Jesus walked a very lonely road, carried a very heavy, bro uh, heavy cross to let you know how valuable you are to him. Would you come to the altar right now and give your life to Christ this morning? Would you respond today and say, I surrender? Would you respond today and say, I surrender? Let's today give our lives to Jesus. Let it begin this moment. The altar workers, would you join me right now? Maybe you're here today, and just like Brian and just like Anna, you would say, you know what? Life has not been easy. I've not been perfect, but I realize that through seasons in life, God is calling me to surrender more. 
And today I'm aware that I need to surrender. I need to yield my life to the Lord. There are areas I need to surrender to the Lord this morning. If that's you, would you come to the altar right now? Just come to the altar right now. You're saying, you know what? I don't want to live my life with areas that are not surrendered. I don't want to live my life with areas that are not in total surrender. And I don't even know, maybe you're here saying, I don't even know how to surrender. That's okay. You don't have to know. That's what Jesus is for. <laughs> That's why we turn to Jesus. Because he teaches us. But if you're saying yes to the Lord, yes to surrender, would you come to the altar right now? Hallelujah. Would you begin to pray with me? Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you that you're rich in mercy and great in love. And that with your love that you loved us with God, you, you, you desire to pour out your mercy, your goodness, your kindness, your grace over us. Thank you, God. This is Resurrection Sunday, and you're resurrecting lives. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your holy name. So as we stand here today, God, I pray for the blessing of your presence in every home. The blessing of your presence, Lord God, in every situation. Oh, God, that they would be aware of who you are in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The altars are open. If you need prayer, would you come up? We'd love to pray with you. Amen. God bless you. Would you, just, would you raise your hand right where you're at? Can I just bless you before we move forward? As a servant of the Lord, may the resurrected Savior be more than lifeless religion. May the resurrected Savior be alive in your life. And may your heart passionately pursue him for the rest of your lives. He has risen. May he be risen in your hearts all the days of your lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. The altars are open. We'd love to pray with you. Altar workers, if you could help me pray at the altar. Brian, Anna, and Larry, if you could help me pray too.